following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Monday, November 18th, 2019, season 45, episode number 84. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, coming off a Cowboys win. Cowboys beat the Detroit Lions in Detroit. Uh, they moved to a record of 6-4 and four in the lead in the NFC East. And uh, we're going to break down for you guys what happened in that game yesterday. There were lots of moments in that game, lots of ebbs and flows, and uh, obviously a lot of storylines that come out of that game. And to me, there's really no bigger storyline than Dak Prescott. So I'll start right there with you for you guys. Uh, he was 29 of 46, 63% completion rate, uh, completion percentage. Sorry, uh, he was had 444 yards of passing, uh, three touchdowns, 116.6 quarterback rating. Man, it's pretty freaking good. Nick, after the game, though, you made the comment there on the sideline. Did Dak mix, miss a couple throws? No, no, and, I, no. You that's, not what I, that's not really what I was trying to say. Okay, okay. I was, well, I wanted, I wanted to talk about it because I, I actually agree with you. There were a couple throws he missed, but I didn't think they were necessarily a big deal. But let's talk no, about it. No, I wasn't trying to – I was only trying to, to see if this was the best game he's ever played. Got it. And so I was like, did he – am I missing something here? Did he – you know, 17 incompletions, but they threw a lot. Yeah. I'm like, but – I mean, I know that they went and they beat the Lions, but I'm just saying he, he's doing things that are – that he's kind of – the guy that's and I even wrote maybe he's the straw that's stirring this drink. So uh, now because he's starting to to do things, even though they're trying to take away his weapons, and he had a great game yesterday. I thought I thought he played phenomenal. He made it rain on them, bros. You know, that's not, not everyone gets that because not everyone knows his name. It's true. His name's Rain Dakota Prescott. I would hope you know that if you're a Cowboys fan listening so. to this show in 2019. Yeah. Um, man, he was he was really impressive, and it's funny. I always say it like it's dumb until they come to that conclusion and then it's smart. Like last week it was like, well, you want to stay balanced. We did make some adjustments. We threw the ball 46 times in the game, but you still want to try to run and establish the run. And then after the game yesterday, it was like, well, why would you go away from something that's working? Of course we're going to throw the ball. Like that's what we're going to do. And why wouldn't – yeah, I mean, why wouldn't you? I wish they had come to that conclusion the week before, but uh, everything was working for Dak. Yeah, Tavon Austin bailed him out. Uh, he had a ball inexplicably go through Darius Slay's hands, but them's the breaks. Um, yeah. He is playing out of his mind. If the Cowboys had beaten the Jets, I think he'd be right up there with Lamar Jackson and uh, Russell Wilson in terms of MVP conversation. Like, it was a nationally televised flop of a game. And and rightful. I mean, they're six and four. I'm not. And again, people love to jump to conclusions. I'm not saying he should win the MVP because I think Lamar Jackson and Russell Wilson have both outplayed him to this point. He would be much more a part of the conversation if the Cowboys resume was just a little bit better uh, and, and highlighted by this game right here. I know the Lions aren't super impressive defensively, but that's impressive no matter who you're playing. But you know what's really exciting to me is in the past when we talked about Dak Prescott, we talked about him needing that talented player to make him look better or to help him out. It couldn't be just an average guy. And I'm not saying 
the wide receivers are average or anything like that. They're better than average at this point, I think, based on what we've seen. But the fact that Dak has been able to play like that with so many different targets rather than him having to lean on one person, which is Amari Cooper, you see him just throwing the ball all to so many different guys. So that's exciting to see from him and at the point that he's at in his career as a quarterback as we look to move forward in the future with him. That's actually a great point because it's not just even about Amari. Basically, yesterday he did that without his two best offensive mm-hmm. weapons. Uh, and I shouldn't say without, but they didn't have statistically the best games. I'm talking about Ezekiel Elliott mm-hmm. and Amari Cooper. Neither one of them had great games uh, statistically, but they were able to find the the guys that were yep. open. He was able to get the balls to get the ball to them, and they were able to make plays. You know, he's going to show these defensive coordinators if you want to keep playing like this, that's fine. I'm going to keep throwing it around. And of course, obviously, this game coming up, you know, they've got the critical. They got the, they got the best coach in you know, NFL history um, coaching this week, and so we'll see what they scheme up for him. But the, the thing is, is that he's showing that if you want to just continue to crowd the box and stop Zeke, uh, you know, I can make plays. In the red zone, though, they haven't. They haven't proven that they can do that. When yeah. they, but that that's the only down part about that is shortened, shortened space. Can they make throws to get that? That is a really fun element. And, every, I mean, and look. You know, this this wasn't like just the most complete dominant effort. I'm sure we'll get to the defense. I, I want to be careful not to just heap too much praise for an eight point win against the you know team that they should have beaten. But everybody wants to knee jerk like, well, Zeke had another bad game. Blah 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 blah. Is Tony Pollard better? And I think it's so silly. And what Nick just said is is what really intrigues me and excites me is like. If defenses are going to keep playing them this way and Dak can keep taking advantage of it to the tune of 400 yards, <laughs> it's going to stop real it'll quick. It'll stop, yeah. It will stop, and they'll loosen up, and Zeke Elliott will be just fine. And that's – sorry, I, you, no, but, you uh, want to make a point, but, I mean, like, yeah. that's balance. It's not we ran the ball 25 times and threw the ball 30 times. Like, that's not balance. Balance is we can get it done – Either way, once you decide what you want to take away, we'll kill you with the other thing. And we know they can run the ball. We know they can. But teams have been focusing on taking it away, and Dak is making him pay for it. He couldn't do that earlier in his career, and he clearly can now. And again, I don't care that the Lions are 28th in the league in pass defense. 444 is 444. I mean, that's not common even in the modern age of the NFL. Yeah. It's, I can't say enough about how impressive it was. One thing I will say about that, though, is I do think that um, you look at how the, the passing game has gone. They've had other games this year where he's thrown the ball all around the yard and had some big, impressive numbers, and they ended up losing. And that's where I wonder if teams get to the point where they say, uh, you know, maybe we ought to rethink this. Maybe the Cow- Maybe they look at the Cowboys and they say, we still would rather have him throwing the ball because yeah. when they're running the ball and running it efficiently, they take way more time off the clock. You have way fewer opportunities. Yeah. And and so, it, yes, they may have a great offensive day statistically, but if it doesn't end up in a win, then it doesn't really matter. And that's the part where I'm a little bit concerned about what's happening with the running game. I do think at some point they got to figure out how to get that thing on track because they still have to be able to – uh, be able to, I think, in order for this defense to play well, I think they got to have time when that defense is not on the field. Yeah, you know, the, the, the thing that is encouraging is if, you, if you're not a very good blocker, you're just not a good blocker. You know, like in, in run, pass, whatever. But the fact that, that they are blocking so well in the passing game, and Dak is going through all of these reads, 
that makes me think that when they are trying to run, it is loaded box. It's it's not that they're just missing blocks and they can't push people around. Mm-hmm. Maybe strength is is a part of it. You know, you want a stronger line on third and one, third and two, but. They're doing a phenomenal job with him just standing back there and going through these reads that it makes me think that their O-line is, is is fine. They're just having a harder time with these stacked boxes. I mean, for Randall Cobb to do what he did and Gallup and all those guys, I, I just think it was it goes to the line saying this is how we're going to, you know, you have to throw to beat us. And I would throw this in there, and I wish, you know, I wish I could go back and take a look at the game on Game Pass before we did this show, but just spitballing off the top of my head, one thing I loved about this game was they executed the basically short, easy passes that qualified as runs that me personally, I've been dying to see. We saw the Tony Pollard pop pass. We saw a wide receiver screen. I think it was to Amari Cooper. Didn't like hit for huge yards, but those are basically runs in my book. So that's another... That's another fifteen to thirty yards. When it Cobb on the little little short shovel, they pass? did two or three of those, yeah. and they ran a screen to Ezekiel Elliott that went for a touchdown. It's that little stuff that I think we would all agree we've been dying to see more of. Yeah, it's not in the box score under rushing yards, but I think of it the same way. And when you consider that, it's a much better day in that category than than what the box score suggests. So I think I take that into account when I think about it. So let's look at the statistical. From a, from a statistical standpoint, thinking about the fact that they threw the ball 46 times in the game yesterday and they only ran it 24 times, are we starting to see a shift in how the Cowboys will play offense? Because I do think that you know, even when they, like I said, other points this season, the offense has, has been, in my opinion, passing has been what they've done best. I don't know that I've seen this kind of discrepancy. Maybe there has been, but this seems really, really slanted well, to the side of throwing the ball. Yeah, but he just said it, though. I mean, it's a couple passes to to Pollard, a couple of screens, things like that 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 are high percentage throws. That you know that that pop pass is you know I think that play is going to ruin fantasy football, honestly. But uh, hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I really believe it will. It's going to change. You can't just keep doing catches like that. But um, but I I just think that. That that's what Dave said. It was high percentage plays, and they trust him. And that I I thought the most telling thing was the fourth. I mean, the in the final drive of the game, they can keep just running in there, force you to call all those timeouts, punt it, forty seconds to go, whatever. And they said, Nah, we're gonna just let him roll out. The pass will be I there. I love that so much. And 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 that's the thing, Jason Garrett. He's not a great game manager. If if people think that, and they do, and when it happens, it's you know high alert. Oh my god. But when he does manage the game well, it's never mentioned. They managed it well. They did went for two like they were supposed to. They got the fourteen point lead, and they said, "You know what? We're gonna we're gonna kill this game right now and go." In. And so when it when it works, you got to give him credit if he's gonna get crucified when he do, when he doesn't. Which we don't have to get into this debate right now. But we just talked about it because it happened the last time they went to Detroit in twenty thirteen. The old playing to win versus mm-hmm. playing not uh-huh. to lose. This is me. I know you'd yeah. feel differently, but playing not to lose would have been running three times, punting it, and saying Jeff Driscoll can't get that many yards in that short amount of time. That's playing not to lose. Playing to win is calling a high percentage pass that lets you pick up the first down and end the game on your terms. Mm-hmm. I thought that was fantastic, whether it was Kellen Moore, whether it was Jason Garrett, probably both. However they came to that decision, I loved it. And that's how you get road wins is you 
put right. yourself, you give, you have the confidence to make those types of calls. And, and the only reason I, I always argue with you because I just think the result is the same. You know, whether you not you're trying not to lose or you're playing to win, the result is always the same there. So it's just how aggressive do you want to be, and where is your strength? Where, what do you feel like? And I think the the part of Dak Prescott rolling out, being smart with the ball, getting it to the tight end is a is just as high percentage as them going. They weren't going to score if they would have punted. The Lions weren't going to drive and score. They don't have the Calvin Johnson type guy to go make mm-hmm. the play like that. They don't. Driscoll's not going to do it. But you it's, know, your pass interference penalty here well, changes everything. Or and, Xavier Woods leaves the game for two plays and they give up fifty yards back to back, which is something that happened ten minutes prior. Yeah. Going back to your question about them kind of turning more into a passing game, something that I heard someone asked Dak Prescott in the press conference last night about that. And his answer was basically, well, why are we going to steer away from something that we see that is working? And I'm like, yes, finally. <laughs> oh, wow, finally. Well, they said, what was that, <laughs> Where was last, that last week? week right? Yeah, yeah. 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 That's so, the irony of the but, whole thing, But right? at least being able to hear that from the, I mean, it doesn't mean that they're not doing it back there or talking about mm-hmm. that. But when you hear it, it just gives you a sense of like, okay, we're not all crazy. We, uh, You guys are kind of on the same page as us, and you guys still see what we see. So it, it was just good to hear that and and listening to to them have that kind of mentality now of like you know if we see that this is working let's keep doing it and hopefully going into next week and the rest of the season when they go back and see how having tony pollard on the field how that helped them then yes keep doing it all right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. He had 16 carries yesterday for 45 yards, only a 2.8 average, and, of course, that fumble there on the first drive. We'll talk about that, and I'll ask you the question, are you concerned about Zeke? We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Whether you're into being a part of this or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this... the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. S. Give me an Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT&T is America's best wireless network. 
Best network based on GWS One Score, September 2019. Back to the break. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break live in SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the Cowboys' big win yesterday over the Lions. Uh, they win 35-27, move to 6-4. and four. Let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Yesterday, he had 16 carries for 45 yards, a 2.8 average. Um, and then he did he did have one touchdown, but he also had that big fumble there in the early parts of the game that the that the uh, Lions turned into points. Are you guys at all concerned about Ezekiel Elliott and and kind of how he's performing right now? I'm concerned anytime a running back fumbles. I mean that that is and and you know I made a joke about it on Twitter yesterday. Is like I don't want to talk about slow starts for another seven days. But what choice do you have when they do that? I mean. Fumble on the second play of the game and a touchdown drive coming right after. I mean, what choice but you have do you have but to talk about it? Um, like in terms of, you know, forty five rushing yards and not not really. I don't know. I'm not. Not not when your quarterback's going four forty four. I mean, that's the thing. Like give give Dak fifty yards less. And give give it to Zeke. You know, that that kind of style of running and and, and balance. Zeke's got 95 and Dak's got 394 and that's balance and everyone's excited but I mean like we said earlier as soon as you start they can't do anything like if you have a lot of Saints games where Dak can't throw and Zeke can't run yeah I think you have some concern but they the defensive coordinators are showing that the respect for Zeke Elliott in the running game is still there until they have seven man boxes and still and stop them then I think you start getting concerned, but I'm not. I'm not there yet, and I don't know if this week's going to change anything. With yeah. the Jedi out there, I mean, he, he'll he'll come up with some kind of best defense yeah. in the league. Yeah, the Jedi. He is a Jedi. <laughs> oh, he definitely is a Jedi. I just I, it, we'll have it's... one down rusher and seven <laughs> linebackers, and I don't know. No, he's definitely a Jedi. And I mean, we took a call about it last week. We've talked about it plenty. Like it is. Yeah, it, it sucks that he doesn't have more long runs. I think he's got one run of twenty or more on the season, and. You would prefer he's more explosive. I mean, I we've seen him do it as a pro, and I mean, he did it at will in college. Obviously, that was a while ago at this point, but it's still what he brings to the table as a workhorse, like as a guy who can fight through that contact, take a minimum of 16, if not 25 or 30 carries a game and still be productive, be the focal point of a defense's efforts and still produce. I mean, yeah, 45 rushing yards, 2.8 yards per carry, a long of eight. That's bad. But then, you know, two catches for 28 yards, including a 17-yard touchdown on a screen pass, which we all, we all know how good he is at that. Again, I mean, all of that goes into account. Right. And I, I just, I'm not ready to be worried about it. Sorry, Nick. Could it be, I haven't, I'm trying to remember all these plays, but could it be maybe due to what the offensive line is doing and what kind of holes they're being able or unable to open up for him? I don't know. I think anytime a running back is not getting a great deal of production, I think that's part of it at least. It goes into what I play, don't yeah. know. What I don't know is 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 Zeke seeing everything the way he should? Is he hitting the holes with the right, right kind of burst? Like those are things that sometimes you can't really notice. You just notice there's not a hole there when he gets there. But the question then becomes, was there a hole there preceding that? And was there an expectation that he should have found that hole quicker and should have been through it by the time it closed up? That's what Which I don't is what really know. he's been able to do in the right. past years. It's like he, he'll make a play out of nothing, and yeah. that's kind of what we're missing now. He, he actually – there was a couple of plays in that game where I thought – and, and I think we were talking about one of them where, I mean, he just kind of runs right into the line and then all of a sudden he kind of squirts out for four or five yards. I thought he did a decent job of that 
no big runs. Like once the second week in a row that their longest rush is, is less than 10 yards. Yeah. And, and the second week in a row that the longest rush is not by a running back because Dak was nine yards and last week Tavon was eight. Mm-hmm. So they, they're not getting any kind of long runs at all, not even decent 15 to 20 yard runs. It's yeah. tough to say this without doing some tape study, but I wonder, I mean, he's such a patient runner and maybe he's waiting so long for a hole to develop that will give him a longer run that it prevents him from just getting the right. typical yep. three, four or five yard run. Like I said, I'd like to go back and look at that, but there is an element of that to where he, you know, it looks like he's waiting so long to identify where he needs to be that the play doesn't wind up going anywhere. I, yeah. I mean, I, you know, Pollard had a great game. I'm I'm ecstatic about it. I he that is a picture perfect look at how I would like them to use Tony Pollard. He caught four balls. Two or three of those catches were really more runs than anything, but. His touchdown was going across the formation out of the slot. I mean, he basically ran a drag from the slot. Mm-hmm. He can do that. It's awesome. Uh, he got a couple chances. It's funny because, you know, the opening kick was kind of a disaster. And, I mean, like, oh, my God, enough of Tony Pollard as a kick returner. And then his play in the fourth quarter on the one that went over his head was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and. And big play in the game. We yeah. talked. We talked to a bunch of people in the locker room. I mean, that he played it the way you're supposed to play it. Like he lined up on the five or the ten, and it went over his head. So you think it's going to be a touchback? It just took an amazing bounce. Like just a hell of a play by Detroit's kicker, and then he still managed to corral it and get further than he would have if it had been a, a touchback. It was an he awesome house. So I think eight total touches for 98 yards and a touchdown. Again, and I would bet his snap count was less than. 25? I, I, like I said, I haven't looked yeah, at it. Yes, yeah. even less than that. Yeah. I mean, you look at just the number of times that he actually had the ball, and I'm not talking about special teams. He had two carries for 12 yards, and then he had four catches on four targets for 44 yards and a touchdown. My question for you guys, are you surprised the Cowboys didn't go back to him? This all happened. Most of that offensive production happened at the end of the first quarter heading into the second quarter, and it does, I don't think he touched the ball again the rest of the game. Are you kind of shocked that they didn't go oh, yeah. back to that a little yeah. later? He had the two-point conversion. In the two-point conversion, whatever yes. quarter I'm, that I was. Um, I guess I was talking about more the offense. I was laughing because like it's like, okay, you saw him get that touchdown and getting the ball and all that, yeah. and people are oh, excited. Tony Pollard gets uh, sit, sit, uh, I can't even say, sit, Zeke, down. <laughs> <laughs> and, right. And, but then you see Zeke get the ball, and then he gets moving, and then he gets a touchdown, and it's like, uh, it made me think of that, you know, when we wonder, okay, what they do at tight end is like, okay, you see Blake Jarwin making it play, but now they feel like maybe they need to get the ball to Jason mm-hmm. because he's the main guy and blah, blah. So it made me think of that. And like, I wonder if because of his small amount of success that Tony Pollard had, do the Cowboys feel like maybe they need to give Zeke the ball and the opportunity for Zeke to make his own plays? Yeah. You know? I don't know that they think like that during the game, but I see your point. I mean, it, it seemed a little curious they didn't go back to him yeah. after they saw the success that he was having. And to me, that was more about the matchups that he was getting. Yeah. And so why not continue to exploit those? But, again, well, we're, oh, we're making I mean, we're, we're really splitting hairs because, again, the offense put up 400 well, yeah. Yeah. yards. So it, it's kind of like they were moving the ball. They didn't necessarily need to go back to him, I guess. Yeah, four straight touchdowns. Right. I mean, four straight scoring possessions. Right. Uh, after the touchdown, then they punted. 
uh, when Zeke was back in there, and then it went touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. Right. So it's not like yeah, I I don't have a problem with that. I I can't sit here. They finally give him the workload that I want. I can't sit here and nitpick it. And that's that's kind of my point. Is like Tony Pollard's good. He brings some juice. He should be involved. That doesn't mean Zeke is a bad player right. and needs to have his snap count drastically reduced. I think that's the most knee jerk thing in the entire world. But it's hard not to look at this. I hope the coaching staff looks at this and says, this guy needs to be a sizable part of the game plan. I mean, sizable meaning, again, 8 to 15 touches. Space. Whereas, you know, yeah. I can go back and I can show you the snap counts. Like, from the Miami game until, like, yesterday, you're talking five snaps, snaps, or less. Yeah. And that's just not good enough for a guy with that much talent. That doesn't mean you need to reduce Zeke's role. Was, right. Ze- was Zeke on the field when these when they're doing these pot passes? Um, I know that that series that, no, that he wasn't, Tony actually. scored, he was not on the field. Tony yeah. play had, he had the whole series. Because that fake to that is going to be important as well. Yeah. Right. And I wondered if, if Zeke was there. They, they don't like, they don't like uh, 21 personnel. For whatever reason, they just don't like to do it. I don't get why. But they did do it some yesterday early in the game, and they, then they kind of got away kinda, from it. They kind of – they dally with right. it. They're like, all right, we can do it once. But I'll tell you this. In, in the Cowboys will face this team in early December, Chicago. Go look at how they use Tariq, Tariq Cohen. And that's how I would love for the Cowboys to use uh, Pollard. I mean, he is lining up in the slot at wide receiver. Every once in a while he lines up in the backfield. But they just use him. The, the whole point of how they use him in the offense is – Get him in matchups with linebackers. If you can force linebackers to be covering him and he's going downfield, he's going to win every Tariq, every time. Tariq Cohen caught a touchdown like 20 yards downfield yep. last night. Again, with a like, linebacker on him. Absolutely right. I don't, yeah. I don't get what stops That's them from point. doing that. But again, yeah. maybe maybe the fact that it worked is kind of like, all right, we can do this. Now, like, um, Forgive me, I don't remember the game, but Pollard dropped a screen earlier this season yeah. that likely would have scored. Was it the Giants game? Yeah. The road game. Yeah. Maybe if he catches that, then it's kind of forward momentum on getting him more involved. And now, so maybe him being able to put this on tape gives them the confidence to keep doing it. Because I'm not going to judge it based on the Patriots game, because that is a whole different animal. But if this doesn't, you know, if if he just disappears for the next month after this game, that would be really frustrating. I will say this, and we don't want to get too far into this. But I think this is the kind of week against the Patriots when they need a guy like that. Yeah. Because you look at the history of the Patriots and how they play defense. They're going to try to take away your top options. What you did last week, that, you're going to probably have to do that again. Because they're probably going to figure out a way to take Amari out of the game. And they're going to figure out a way to take Zeke out of the game. Yeah, that's a good how point. can you be able to move the ball and still score points yeah. when those two guys are taken out of the game? And So that's going to be really, really important. Let's take our final break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about this defense. Uh, they had some issues yesterday, but uh, we'll, we'll break all that down for you when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com. Ready? Okay. Give me an S. Give me an O. Give me an S. Give me an O. What's that spell? So so. Are we gonna win? Not if we play like we cheer. Just okay is not okay. Whether it's cheerleaders or your wireless network, AT and T is America's best wireless network. Best network based on GWS one score September 2019. It's time for tailgating with the OtterBox boys. The OtterBox that builds those crazy protective phone cases? Yup, and now they're changing the side dish game with the OtterBox Trooper Soft Cooler. Lightweight, mobile, and leak-proof, Trooper is perfect for blitzing a crowded parking lot with a Frito pie. Amazing. Hey, you think I could fit my seven-layer salmon salad into the Trooper Cooler? Yup. 
but please don't. And that's been tailgating with the OtterBox boys. Learn more about the Trooper Soft Coolers at OtterBox.com. Whether you're into being a part of this <laughs> or more into something like this, SeatGeek has the tickets to the events you love. It's the easiest way to find, buy, and sell tickets. Plus, with their deal score technology, they'll recommend the best seats in the house at the best value. So the next time you're craving this, download the SeatGeek app and let's go. SeatGeek. Hey, Cowboys Nation. This season, when the Cowboys win, you get to experience the sweet taste of victory. Because if the Cowboys win, the next day, Duncan is offering a free medium hot or iced coffee. So don't just celebrate the Cowboys' success from the sidelines. Head to Duncan and treat yourself to real victory. Because this season, Cowboys fans aren't only winning on game day, they're winning the next day, too, with a free medium coffee. Cowboys Nation runs on Duncan. Excludes cold brew. Limit one per guest. Participation may vary. Limited time off back to the break if you're not going to fly up to boston and watch the cowboys play the patriots this weekend you should at least go to the star for the cowboys official watch party presented by at&t it's on sunday november 24th at the tostitos championship plaza at the star cowboys will take on the patriots submission is free parking is free the star and frisco.com for more details should be fun out there if the weather cooperates Song says, please come to Boston in the springtime. I don't know about the wintertime. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm just making all kinds of awful references today. I have no idea what that song is. It's fine. All right, good. All right, let's talk about the defense. Yesterday, Cowboys defense, um, it was a weird game for me because I looked at, if you watch the game, or I'll put it for myself, as I watched the game and when the game concluded, I thought, man, this defense had a bad day. However, when you go back and you look statistically, I don't know if it was a really bad day or if it was a situation where they got put in some really bad situations. There were a couple times when, because of special teams, because of offense turnovers, they had the 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 other team got the ball in in favorable situations and the defense wasn't able to make the stop. But you look at the yardage they gave up; only give up 209 yards passing, give up 121 yards rushing. But that that really was about the fact that they could stop Driscoll from running. He was, mm. I think, well, I mean, Scarborough, yeah, had, Scarborough. 55, he had 55 yards, a 3.9 average. That's not huge. That doesn't kill you. And so my point is, I don't know if the defense was really as bad as I thought it was watching the game. I'm interested to see what you guys it's had, not, what your they, perspective was. They weren't bad, but it, and I caught myself, and I wanted to think that way. I'm like, oh, they weren't that bad. But then when you look at who was I running back, <laughs> Who was playing quarterback? I mean, all relative, right? Mm, I mean, yeah. that that takes an effect as to how they play. They should have played a lot better. I yeah. mean, the quarterback, he's a guy. Yes, he had some really nice throws down the field, mm-hmm. and he impressed me that way. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't know you had that in you like yeah. that. But at the same time, he's a guy with not much experience. You could see his hesitation. He doesn't have good anticipation. He would always kind of self-doubt himself, trying to figure out what to do. The defensive line was giving him way too much time instead of getting to him and pressuring him. You know, when you talk about the hot boys, I expected them to get that feel on fire and stop Driscoll from moving around and being able to escape the pocket. The hot boys didn't get a sack yesterday. No. Now, 
Bennett had two and Quinn had one. Bennett's I don't know. not in the house. I, are they? Quinn is. I know for sure. I don't. Bennett but is Bennett not. Is. Bennett said. I, I remember he the. Now. He's no. Michael Bennett said last week. I remember the real hot boys. Those guys don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. Cash money forever. Yeah, Bennett. That's Damn. what Michael Bennett, Bennett? said. Mm. Damn. There's 52 mm. guys, and then there's Bennett. That's your sentiment. <laughs> I mean. He's not a part of what's what this whole thing is about. I mean, you know, we see it in the national anthem. We see stuff. He he's doing his own thing. He's his own guy. He's here for a different reason, maybe I don't know. But when One the year. when the lights are on, he goes and he gets it done. Now he had two offsides penalties yesterday. Clean that one up. was big. One was very. Uh, uh, that was a really could have been a big play. But they do buckle down, and and he had a really nice play that changed the game when he's when he made that sack and forced him to punt, which was head scratching really, um, because. Fourth and 26, I would have gone for it, honestly, because what they were asking to do to get the ball back was going to be so they could get into Hail Mary mode. So what's the it, difference? I understand that the odds of complete, like the odds of picking up a fourth and 26 are not good. No. But you're not getting that ball back. You're just, you're probably and, not. And if you do, you, if you you're do, going to get a you, Hail Mary. It'll be, yeah, you'll have one play. I mean, yeah. and. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Yeah. But I think you give yourself a better chance going for it. That's anyway. I honestly, I think it's a that's a good example of stats lying because the stats will tell you that they weren't terrible. But I don't think they played a good game. I thought Robert Quinn actually uh, he had a good line where he was like, "We had a bad day explosively in terms of limiting explosive plays." Yeah, three hundred and twelve yards. That's pretty good. You got three sacks. Two of them came, or excuse me, one of them came, and a couple other pressures when it really mattered. But uh, explosive plays. I mean, they had a five-play, seventy-five-yard. Mm-hmm. There, there were so many times where I was like, "Okay, they're down for the count. This game is now over." And then they just climbed right back in it. They did it in the they did it in the first half where you know they score on the short field. I'm not going to kill the defense for that. They got put in a bad position. But then after three punts, bad return sets them up. They go forty yards and score a touchdown to to claw back in it before the half. And then coming out of halftime. 10 plays, 70 yards. I mean, they just mm-hmm. methodically moved it downfield. That included a 39-yard pass to Hall. Uh, got them down to the, the, to the Dallas 9 and then gave them a, an opportunity to score. And then, I mean, the really damning one for me, and I know Xavier Woods was hurt and, and Donovan Wilson had to go out there. I get that. But, you know, it's 35-21. They score. They get the two-point conversion. And you're kind of like, mm-hmm. all right, they're, Here we go. we're icing this thing away. And then it's not just that they went and scored. They went in five Five plays, seventy-five yards. Took two minutes off the clock. Just, just bad performance. And yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about it last week. Like Dris- Driscoll's got better athleticism than what you would associate with a tall white quarterback. He did, and he burned him. And somebody said yes last night in the post game. I can't remember. One player said he ran a four-four or four. He ran. A, he had a somebody. Somebody mentioned that to me after I gave my scouting report. They're like, he ran a four-five at the combine. Yeah, I honestly, That's amazing. I didn't know he was that fast, yeah. but. I knew he was more athletic than you would associate with yeah, him. Run, running, there are some running backs that don't run a, a four or five at the combine. Like that is that's a that's a really really great time for a quarterback. But the point being, like he did so many things that sort of defied a basic scouting report. Like there were so many times that the pressure just kind of came off the edge and ran right past him and gave him an easy lane. And honestly, I said this during the game. I don't know if Jeff Driscoll was trying to prove something or what, but he left about seventy five yards on the field. By trying to make throws when he had room to run, like 
five or six different plays. He had the first down. He needs four yards or he needs eight yards, and he tried to force a throw instead of just picking it up. Mm-hmm. Like he could have run for and one of them could have got picked. He yeah, yeah no I mean he could have run for a hundred and extended several more drives if he had just run. And thankfully, he didn't for the Cowboys' sake, but it was there. So for the, from the standpoint of the explosive plays, do you think the Cowboys missed uh, Jeff Heath yesterday? I, uh, no offense to Jeff Heath, but I don't. I mean, so, there. so many of the them. That's, I, I, you know, Rod Marinelli loves to keep them in the well. Like, that's his line. And they did not keep Jeff Driscoll in the well at all. They uh, did not. I mean, he broke contain and, and hurt I'm them. Not, I'm not so much talking about the, the, the quarterback explosive plays i'm talking about more some of those plays downfield some of those passes that they were able to convert the 39 yarder yeah the, there was a 20 21 yarder to amandola 25 yarder to jones i'm wondering Honestly, in those I, plays are you missing having your safety out? there's there's nothing i'm trying to yeah. think if there was any play that I, would make me think oh if jeff heath was in there that would not have happened you know yeah like, he's, he's not that for big starters, of a difference maker for starters i don't think of pass coverage as being like his amazing strength that he's going to take those away but then I'll contradict myself. Like, Jeff Driscoll threw for 200 yards. That's in the modern NFL. I will take that. Like, you're just, you're going to give up some plays in in football. Like, that's just is what it is. And so, Kenny Galladay caught one pass. Marvin Jones had four for 43, two touchdowns, but still, like, I'll take that stuff. Uh, It's the, it's the, explosive runs and not being able to get to Driscoll. It, I mean, up until the fourth quarter, it seemed like the pass rush either couldn't get to him or over-pursued him. That's the stuff that bothers me more I, than him throwing for a few chunk plays. I mean, I get the sense, and, and we've, I've heard a little bit during the game, after the game, social media, that, you know, uh, it's like, okay, it was a, you know, they won, but they should have killed the Lions. I, I just don't agree. Vegas doesn't agree. I mean, they did exactly what they were supposed to do. They won by eight on their the the line was seven or seven and a half. That's what it was, and they did. I mean, like they're, the thought of that this team, this is a team that should be competing for a Super Bowl. They're not. Like this is not what the Cowboys are. They're not that great of a football team. That's why they're six and four. Can they still get there? Yeah, they can. If they get on a roll and get get hot, but. This is, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do in this game. And if, if Stafford would have played, maybe, you know, maybe it would have been different. Maybe not. He's not going for 50 yards. I promise that one rushing, but he probably can throw for more. And Galladay probably has more than one catch. I just think that based off the this is exactly what the Cowboys did, what they were supposed to do. If you don't like it, that's just on the way the team is. But this is what they were supposed to do. It's more on your expectations than yeah, it is. I mean, I at this think, point, well, your expectations shouldn't be that they're going to go thanks, blow anybody By Thanksgiving, you should have readjusted your expectations. But yeah. I still think the way it the way it happened, though, is what gives me pause. Like, my prediction was 27 to 13. And we said last week, yeah. like, this is not a bad Lions team. They're not they're not good, but yeah. they're not. This is not the Jets. This is not they're the Dolphins. Injured team is what they are. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but to, I don't know, twenty-seven points to a backup quarterback and a guy and a running back that they signed on Saturday, that that gives me pause. And and I mean the defense, we thought it would be so much better. The stats say they really didn't play a terrible game, but my eyes told me that they didn't play a good game. Well, yeah, right? yeah, you can't gift anybody. That's the only way you're gonna you're gonna get a team like that in the game is if you just fumble in the second play of the game, or if you give up a punt to midfield. And you know that doesn't mean the defense has to let them score. I mean, you can sh- you know stop them lead to a field goal, but yeah, it's short field doesn't mean you have to score a touchdown. You know, so they, they could have done a better job of buckling down there, but you know, just driving down the field, they did it. When they needed to, and and that's 
that's the prevent style, you know. But usually it takes more time off the clock than that. But mm-hmm. I, I just think overall, I, I don't think it was a a bad win. You know, I we had a, I had a guy turn around right on the field and said, "We should be killing these guys," and I'm just like, "Not really." According to who? Yeah. I mean, I just don't think so. I don't think this team is as talented as everyone thinks they are. That they should be winning. They could have in this game. Maybe one by 14, but they, they didn't. I said right after the game, it, it reminded me of the road win against the Giants. It just, I mean, yeah, did what you're supposed to do. Uh, it's not it's not an exciting win. It's not something that you, you should never feel bad about a win in the no, NFL. But, the road. but I don't, if you know, was road. I didn't, I don't feel especially different about this team than I did on Saturday, I guess, you know, no, I'm, I'm encouraged that Dak can keep doing stuff like this. That was actually, this is my hypothetical for y'all. If you could rearrange it, they still win. We'll even say the margin is the same, but like Dak throws for 270, Zeke runs for a hundred and they score, you know, 24, but the defense holds the giants down to like 175 yards and what did I, I said the Giants? Yeah. Lions. Defense holds them to 180 and, and 10 points. I mean, just basically the same result, but it's more of a dominant defensive performance. 24-16, just kind of lower. Yeah, down. well, okay. They beat them 24-16. The offense is, is fine, but yeah. not great. And the defense really just kind of sets the tone. Would you feel differently? Would you feel Probably. better? Maybe. It, it also depends on how the game played out, because I think the feelings that people have right now about the defense – wasn't necessarily about the end result as much as it was what you saw. Like, they just, they weren't able, like, the thing, when you saw, there was one drive in particular, and I don't remember which one it was, it was in the second half, where they were basically just gashing the Cowboys. And that's where, you know, to me, that's starting to look familiar now because there have been several games this year where at certain parts of the game, offenses, it happened against Minnesota, where offenses just say, we're about to run the ball, and the Cowboys are just, like, getting gashed, just moving the ball down the field. It's those kind of moments that make you say, you know, regardless of what the outcome was at the end of the day, you know, they didn't give up a ton of rushing yards. But when you watched it, you came away from it thinking, man, this this I even said to you at one point, Nick, I was like, I don't know why they're not going to run the ball ever yeah. because they're getting as much as they want on the ground. And so th- that's where I, I still don't know if I would feel differently if it was this, if it was played the same way and the defense was giving up the stuff they were giving up in the way they gave it up. Well, maybe we can just – Driscoll, you know, he's not that great of a quarterback. If we could just face, like, the best quarterback of all time, <laughs> then we can kind of figure out where they stand. Well, he's – Can we do that? The question is, is he going to play like the greatest of all time That's, now? Because he may not – he hasn't been playing like that. Let's just put it like Brady that. came out he's this morning and was like, yeah. the strength of our team is defense. We're going to lean into teams. that as much you as we got, can. You got it. I mean, the only way he's ever been stopped is if you just get after his ass. And you have to. That yeah. And, and – Maybe the Cowboys have a guy on their team that is kind of pissed off at the Patriots. That's nice, but the crazy <laughs> the crazy part about that right now is they're winning with the offense, not doing a ton. It's no, the defense that's playing out of its mind, and that matches up against this the Cowboys' strength. This is going to be an interesting because, game. Really because, interesting yeah, just game. when you look at the Cowboys do have the number one offense, they still do. I mean, five oh nine. I don't. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have the number one offense. Patriots yeah. number one defense, right? Let's go. We got like four more right days there. of shows to fill, guys. We I win. know. This is gonna be fun. All right, to answer my sorry, answer my own question. I know, <laughs> I know, defenses win championships. Yeah. I know the Pats won the Super Bowl thirteen to three. If my quarterback can do that week in and week out, give me that every time. And you know, the, the Eagles won the Super Bowl forty one thirty three. Their defense made like one stop when it counted. Like I'll take my chances, take chances yeah. that the defense can put it together just enough. 
But if my offense is scoring and doing stuff like that week in and week out, I'll take that every the time. The question will be, can he do that against a great defense? I know. Though? And we saw, we saw in New Orleans it's, what happened. Like, you go up sure. against a great defense. There, there are many that believe that's why they say defense wins championship, championships is they believe that a great defense will stop a great offense. And so we'll, we'll see. I think there's a lot of questions around that, but we're going to find out a lot about that this weekend. Ooh, what a tease. We appreciate you guys joining us. We are back tomorrow, our normal time. Till then, for Nick Geatman, Dave Helmer, Dave, Dave Hellman. Dave Hamber. Yeah, Dave Hellman. Amber Where's Garcia. Waldo? I, I am Derek. <laughs> this has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?